Welcome, you are listening to the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast, where you'll hear fun, relaxed, and inspirational interviews with people who are really living the dream. I'm Dawn Fleming, an attorney turned alchemist, and your host for the show, coming to you from the tropical island paradise of Isla Mujeres, Mexico. Listen to conversations with courageous souls who've stepped out of their comfort zone and designed a new way of life. They'll share their experiences, wisdom, and offer practical steps you can take to redesign your life overseas. Listen, and you'll believe if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Okay, today I am here with Jay Trimble, a good friend of ours that we've gotten to know on the island. And um, he doesn't live here full time, but has been coming here for 15 uh, years. 15 years. So owns a house here and I uh, wanted to, he's got a really exciting project that he's working on. I actually just got a tour. So I uh, wanted to talk to him about uh, kind of that whole experience. Thank you, Jay, for being uh, with me today and taking the time out. I know you're headed to the States tomorrow, so busy time, but uh, yes. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming up. It's a long trek up the stairs to get to my house. <laughs> right. We're on a bluff on a cliffs above the uh, Caribbean Sea, and I have great views here. And, Don't you? Uh, I'm doing a project that's a um, looks like there's a ship up on the cliffs, and it it's does. A, it's an 80 foot ship made out of cement, and it's on top of my house. Yeah. So um, take us back to the beginning. So uh, we'll get to the 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 ship in a moment, but I kind of want to. Um, I'm a lawyer, logical thinker. I like to kind of start at the the beginning. So yes. um, you're originally from Pennsylvania? I'm from the Philadelphia area. Um, I lived in a suburb north of Philly called Doylestown and Chalfont, which was a neighboring town. And um, I came here, unfortunately, after the death of my wife. And I spent the Christmas here, and by January 3rd, I found this location and offered on it on the first day the real estate office was open after the new year. So it was... Uh, it you didn't was, plan to purchase property in Mexico no, when you came down, so it no. was a little bit of a... a it was, uh, yeah, I kind of had PTSD from the situation of, that I was in, and I couldn't work. I truly couldn't work in USA. So I figured I needed a break and uh, I, I came down here. I think I spent uh, over that year, I spent almost nine months of the year here, uh, various trips. Kind and, of recovery uh, period. Yeah, I didn't even tell my family that I bought a house here. And uh, we got to work on it right away and I finished the first floor, which was a shell. I bought a shell of a house. That's what I was gonna ask you if there was an existing structure. Yeah, there was just uh, four walls really. And then I built, uh, over the years, I kept changing it and adding to it. And as time went on, I realized the very modern design that I designed the house looked like a wharf or a dock or a pier. So when I had the opportunity to build an addition on the third floor, I built a ship. And uh, it the, the house is called Puerta al Cielo door to the sky or port to heaven. Nice. And uh, the ship is going to be called uh, Sparrow. <laughs> the Sparrow. The Sparrow. <laughs> so we got a little uh, movie. Uh, Pirate, uh, Pirates. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean working. thing. Oh, that's awesome. 
And uh, right now we're, we're at 95% done with the exterior. We're gonna actually do some painting today to uh, catch up the painting. Uh, and we have the interior started more on the, the stern of the ship and then the bow is a little bit behind because it's just been completed. Um, and we're there doing the rooftop deck right now, so. Right, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, you've, you've put a lot of work into it. I was asking you when we were, you gave me the tour, uh, if you designed it and, and you did, you said yes. you've actually done some design work. Yes, I'm, I'm uh, never was an architect or uh, I went to art school, but I uh, design things and I design interior spaces for people in USA. And uh, I've done that for 30, 40 years now. So um, when the opportunity to do this came up, I did hire an architect, but um, I basically gave him the, the whole idea to uh, get it on paper for the, the licensing. Okay. And uh, to build the addition, um, I said to the the uh, code enforcement officer. I was just going to ask about that because I people yeah. ask us about you know the the codes and the permitting yes. and stuff all the time, and it's well, it's a little different here. I, I asked him if if I could do any any shape of house I wanted. If there were any restrictions, he said, "Oh my gosh, if we put restrictions on these people, nothing would ever get built because they don't necessarily the average run of the mill Joe doesn't necessarily have any design sense, you know." Sure. So uh, he said, nope, there's no restrictions. So then I uh, presented him with a blueprints of a, um, a ship and uh, got it okayed. And surprisingly, um, the, what do you call the permits were under, I think under $900 for the entire project. Right. Now, did you actually get a permit or did you get permiso? Oh, I don't know the difference. <laughs> I well, actually had the build, the code enforcement officer was here. Okay. And I met with uh, the builder, who's Tony Garrido May. And um, Tony is a longtime friend of mine. And he said, you don't really want me to do anything, do you, Jay? I said, no, I'll oversee the whole construction. So he gave me his foreman, yeah. who uh, is a guy named Pollo, who does a great job. And I meet with him probably once a week and make sure that everything's going in the right direction. Yeah, we actually did the same thing uh, with our third floor addition uh, because, you know, he, he basically gave us his yeah. crew. He was building another house yes. and uh, Tom yeah. was there to, to supervise everything. So when yeah. you're, that's one good thing, uh, you know, if you're here regularly, you can do that. Uh, obviously, if you're yeah. trying to, you know, manage a construction project from the States, a totally different deal. But uh, no, the, the, the uh, reason I ask is because um, our account explained to us that um, the actual permitting process can be quite lengthy. It's months and months, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of paperwork. You know how they like paperwork here. Uh -huh. Yes. And um, permiso is sort of like where you uh, pay a fee, and they uh, look the other way when they see a construction um, crew at your house. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but well, there's not actually a paper trail that. Um, yeah. Well, you know. I did have to submit. I did have to submit um, drawings. I know that. So I'm pretty okay, sure I got, got the a more. Permit. The, the, the more, more formal palm yes. permit. And because yeah. it was in a different I yeah. did go through my accountant um, when our builder presented us with that option and yes. said, is this okay? Like, you know, yeah. are we, or can we do this? And he said, yeah, it's fine. That's kind of the, you uh-huh. know, the secondary mode of, of getting things done yes. here. So now what um, I've been through a, a permit a code officer coming at the final walkthrough and it's very much different than USA where the, the code enforcement officer would come nine times during the building right. process and check things. And I can't stand that. So what they do here is they know the builder. Right. And it, it's as simple as, Hey, Tony, how, how did everything go? He goes, Oh, everything's fine. He goes, Oh, <laughs> it looks good. Yeah, really yeah. had no problems. No, there's been no problems. And okay, let me sign, sign off like one minute. Yeah, I'm sure. Then you. It sounds like you did actually go through the permitting process because yes. we never even had an inspector after where we got our permiso. Like, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, so well, it's, it's interesting. Well, most people with some building history know what to do, and um, I have seen people take projects on that they're just woefully inept at taking on, and uh, I, I suggest getting a professional uh, person like myself, a person that's a builder and trusted right. on the island. Right. Uh, a friend of mine just built a house uh, down the road and they brought someone in from Cancun and soon all the money was gone and the job uncom- not completed. So it, it, it is well, not or, an easy thing. Yeah, that happens. The other thing, um, our uh, builder actually, uh, Tony was brought in on a house just down the street from us between where our house is and CFV. Yeah. And it was a one-story building, and they've built two more stories on top of it. Uh-huh. And the foundation is not was sufficient. Not and yeah. so they were asked that he was looking at putting in support columns or what have you. And, yeah. oh, my gosh. Yes. That was, well, one of the things we did when we bought our house before we, our house was only four years old. And it, we saw the potential, but, you know, knew that. There were going to be some some things we were wanting to do before we ever made an offer. We yes. brought the builder in. It was only a four year old house, right. but we brought the builder in and Make said, sure "Can we do this? Right. Can we do this? Can we do this?" You know, basically going yeah. up. And he said, "Yes, yes, yes." Um, yeah. And he is the number one builder on the island, Patricio. Yeah. So yeah. we were uh, confident going in, but a lot of people don't think that part through, and you yeah. can really end up with a mess on your hands. Yeah, like I I had a like I said, a shell and we did replace a couple of the columns to make sure that everything was, uh, very structurally sound. Uh, we've over time, over time you can replace columns. You basically, uh, put some, some legs up to hold up the roof and then you, uh, redo a column. And and that happens when, uh, perhaps the metal inside the cement wasn't made correctly or small, I guess they have to be too small. Mm -hmm. So uh, I got a pretty heavy house here. So, yeah, you do. That's why I was asking. I'm yeah. like, gosh, you know, uh, we don't want to see that happen. Yes. Uh, what happened to our neighbors? <laughs> There's quite a structure up uh, uh, holding the ship. It's a lot of ship. concrete. <laughs> yes. The ship has um, some crazy angles that um, are rounded. Now, round is more strong than any uh, any other shape. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that... Okay. <laughs> 
I'm just like an egg. It's hard to break. If sure, you're, sure. You're trying to just squeeze it. The um, round is more strong, like a a straight wall catch wind, and it could just all fall over. But a rounded wall, ah, uh, okay, cannot sure. just fall over. Gotcha. Because um, because of the angles and everything. So, um, we, yeah, we built it right. I I would have. Tony visit maybe once a month to uh, make sure we're not making any major uh, mistakes. And he's not an engineer, but he, he has seen enough and he knows enough. To well, do. they're Mayans and they built the pyramids. And <laughs> they're still go. standing. Yeah. So I feel pretty good about these guys. Yes. Like they really know what they're doing, right? Yes, they, yes. What they, the way they do it sometimes might seem a little primitive to us, um, what we're used yeah. to in the United States. But at the end of the day, um, it lasts. Yes. Right. Um, I am. Um, I, one of the funny things is I used to bring like major tools down here in my luggage. One time I brought a full size jackhammer. <laughs> Did you really? And I had to break it down into two uh, two bags. Take it apart. <laughs> one, one bag weighed exactly forty nine point nine pounds, and I got it through. And the other bag weighed thirty five pounds, so the whole thing was an eighty pound jackhammer. And uh, the Customs people just look at me and shake their head like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I brought uh, cement saws and jackhammers. I brought, I always bring some of those little mini jackhammers, handhelds. Uh, I give them away like chocolates, you know. Like, <laughs> The workers just their eyes get real big. They, 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 they do use them because oh, yes. I know um, when when Oscar was building our pool, uh, you know Tom kind of was giving him a little bit of a hard time about. Yeah, I mean they're wearing flip flops and there's no oh, yeah. eye protection and you know oh, what yeah. they're doing is is yeah looking pretty primitive and and um, he just sh shrugged his shoulders and he's like I've brought them all that stuff they won't use it you yes. know I've brought them tools and so it's interesting they yeah. they are using the the stuff that well, yeah, one one time I had a neighbor build building a house at Christmas time, and I had a rental, and you know that's the most expensive week to yes. have a rental. And some young kid in the street was putting a water line in for the Aguacan for the, and he was he was hired by the builder next door, and he has a hammer and a chisel for a week straight. And of course, I lost my renters. They they went somewhere Left. else. Oh dear! And I lost all that, uh, you know, opportunity. And I called up the the builder and I said, I would have bought you a two thousand dollar jackhammer, <laughs> and still saved you know tons of money if if you just would have done it. He said, Oh well, they're not going to use they're not going to use the modern tools. I said, They will if you don't pay them. They they if you say you won't pay them, they will definitely use it. So, uh, yeah, that was not a good scene. And, uh, uh, that's one of the problems around Isla is you, even if you have a rental, somebody could be building next door, just that you, they don't even know that they're going to build until that day they show right. up. Right. It is problem. And, and here, uh, well, where we are too, we have zero lot line. So we're like right next door. So yep. yeah, that happened to us as well when the neighbor, um, bought our house. And of course he, Right as we're coming into high season, he decides to completely remodel the whole, yeah. whole place. So yeah. it can be a little frustrating. Um, Very. So mm -hmm. I know when you bought this place, there was nobody between you and the Caribbean Sea. Yes. And then um, someone bought the lot and it kind of affected your your view. Um, yes. Um, I had a, a, a 
a college friend of mine uh, and I had purchased the lot and he was the more the money man and I was the guy that was hands on and um, it didn't take but a, a few months and he just soured on the whole idea and resold the lots out from under me. So we were going to do a big oh, project here. Oh, I did not realize that. So then uh, a new guy came in. He's a good friend of mine, a good neighbor now. And uh, he built a house and it's only one story, but it did affect my views. So I changed the balcony that I had overlooking his house. I changed the balcony to be more like a stairway entrance. So there was no more balcony needed because there's a house there. But then when the opportunity to build the third floor came up, I said, I don't, I don't care. This, this thing is so darn tall. You wouldn't believe it. It is, it's massively tall. Yes. I think, um, I was just wondering that I assume that was part of the impetus for, for putting that up there was to sort of regain the view. Yes. To regain, regain a, regain a great view. And, um, I still have a, a good view, uh, but it was spectacular. Now it's just good. Right. So, um, from, but it is spectacular from, from up above. From the, from the, uh, deck the of the top <laughs> of the ship, you can see at least 300 degrees out of 360 of ocean or water. Nice. So, uh, we see, uh, Cancun and we see Isla Blanca and we see, um, Isla Mujeres mainland. We see the entire front is um, the Caribbean, and we can see all the way to Mia uh, Resort. And then on the south side, there's one hill that obscures the view of the south, of, point. <laughs> of the south point. But besides that, we can see three, 300 degrees out of 360. So I'm, I, I'm pretty happy with it. The, the whole thing has been frustrating at times and stressful at times, but I'm pretty happy with the result. Yeah. It's, it's, I can't wait to, uh, to see the finished product for sure. Um, all right. I think this might be a good time to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castellito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit castellitocaribe.com www.castellitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. Is it time to go? Are you starved for adventure and new experiences? Do you feel like you're slowly dying inside, just a little, day by day? Afraid of having to work forever, with never enough money to retire, or live the life you have always imagined. Life doesn't have to be that way. Instead, imagine waking up in paradise every day saying, pinch me, is this real? Join me for How to Retire Overseas on a Shoestring Budget. 
In this free live workshop, you'll walk away with your own custom roadmap to a dream life in paradise without breaking the bank. Register for our next free workshop at paradiseroadmap.com. Okay, and we're back. So, um, great. Well, I, I'm excited about your construction project. And I'm curious to talk with you a little bit about your perspective on investing in the United States versus investing in Mexico. I know uh, a while back you were uh, considered, I don't know if you actually went into escrow, but you were looking to buy a property that was in pretty bad shape, had been on the market a long time. Mm-hmm and then uh, backed out of that. Um, love to hear your thoughts. On yeah, that, on I tried to uh, purchase a house that needed to be rebuilt and um, it was had great bones. It was an old house in upstate New York and it was really inexpensive. But then I found the, roo- the cost of repairing the roof was more than the house cost. Wow. And, and not only that, it was um, November and I could not get a contractor to do the work. This was right before COVID started. So um, I backed out the day before closing. Wow. <laughs> and lost a couple thousand dollars deposit, but not much. Mm. It was such an inexpensive house that um, I um, was happy that I didn't have a major loss. And then uh, the lawyer called me up and said, you know, you never paid any legal fees. And I did a lot of work. And I said, well, listen, we're friends. I can just send you the money. And a day later she said, Oh, I got your check in the mail. And she goes, guess what? I'm sending it back because someone bought the house like the next day. Oh, so I was happy about that. Well, that's I got, a, cool. got a legal feedback. Nice. And, um, USA is, I don't know. It's so difficult. I don't, I don't necessarily want to live in USA anymore. I'm turning 60 this summer and I'm, Almost You're the same age as me. I'll be 60 in October. There you go. Waiting for my vaccine down here. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm kind of, I've done a lot of work in USA as a carpenter and a, a finisher and all that stuff and I'm getting a little too old for it. I don't, right. I don't really want to do it anymore. I'll probably do some uh, consulting work or some design work, but that's, that's more like what I want to do. I, also, I, I love little projects. I don't mind building a deck or something. And I just well, don't, don't you want supervise? Pro- you're more like a project manager. Yes, I was well. a I was a supervisor for AT and T. Um, I built stores, and I know the re- only reason I got the job is because I'm a bachelor, and and nobody else wanted to travel. So they said, "Can you travel a hundred days a year?" I said, "Yeah, I can do that." Sure. So I, I had a fantastic job with them, and it lasted five years, and. And I had to fill out one piece of paper a day. That was my paperwork. One piece of paper. Doesn't sound too bad. For So a year's pay and I, I had a hundred pieces of paper I had to fill out. It was pretty much fantastic. So um, after that ended, I started spending more and more time down here in Mexico and um, re- really do love it. It's... Um, the taxes are almost non-existent. I think mine are under a thousand dollars a year. The um, fee to Camiso, which is your bank that owns the house, oh, um, your trust, you own your the house, trust. Yeah, the trust. Yes, um, 
What, what it is, is the law says that in Mexico, only Mexicans can own Mexico. Well, you know, puts their arm around you and says, hey, if you send me $500 a year, I'll own this house for you. So that's what... Well, hold the title. Hold the title. Yes. <laughs> because so, there is some, the reason I want to correct you on that is because there's a lot of people that say, oh, you don't really own the property. Well, yes, you do. Yeah. It's just like in the United States, any financial planner worth their salt uh-huh. or a state planning attorney will say you need to hold your property in a trust for estate planning purposes, right. for protection purposes. So you still yeah. own your house. Yes. It's just there's a trust that holds the title, which offers a certain degree of protection. And in both Mexico and in the United States, if you pass, it avoids probate and going through the courts right. to determine who your property will pass to. So right, it's right. it's not uh, because there's a lot of um, misinformation about there like that, that, oh, yeah. it's a lease. You don't really own the land and all these sorts yes. of things. And that's really not true. You own it every bit as much in Mexico as you do in, in the, the United States or yeah. Canada. Um, it's just the mechanism for holding the title is required um, for yes. foreigners. Well, most people that have... Um, houses down here americans and canadians and europeans they don't have a mortgage so in a way in usa you're more uh liable to to yeah because (laughs) right because the in in those uh in the united states and canada typically um the bank and you own the house in that order yes right yes (laughs) true yes yes there's a lot of uh, a lot of myths and legends about the whole thing and uh the uh, the reality is it, it would be folly for any Mexican government to uh, to mess with the ownership rights of Americans or Europeans because they would soon have less investment in Mexico. Right. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I mean, and actually, um, I I'll put a little, a little plug in from my book that's coming out. I talk about that in my book that. The reality of it is you're more likely to have your home confiscated in the United States than you are in Mexico because uh, the the law of eminent domain has changed in the United States. It used to be a government could only do a taking for public good. Right. You know, a railway or a freeway or something like right. that, that they needed uh-huh. to do. And they had to pay you fair market value. Well, um, back about, I don't remember the exact year, but around 2004, 2005, the Supreme Court said, oh, no, no, actually, it's okay. Private entities can do takings uh-huh. just as... Uh, well as the government. So right. there's actually, and I cite cases yes. um, in Patek, I think one of them might actually be in Pennsylvania, where they're, they took a whole bunch of houses uh-huh. for a corporate project. Uh, yes. a, a, and they, you know, paid these people for their homes, but they were not necessarily fair market value. Right. And right. they didn't end up doing anything with the land. Like they, yeah. they didn't follow through with that. And it ended up being this huge issue. Huge mess. And yes. in, I've done a little bit of research in Mexico and they do, uh-huh. most countries do have that eminent domain um, yes. reason in there uh-huh. because they, they do need to, like I say, build roads or, or you know, whatever. Right. There's, yeah. there's a good reason why yeah. they might need to take your land, but they have to, it's a, it's a pretty known procedure and, yes. and, and it, to have that big of a shift in yeah. the United States, I mean, that really tells you 
who's calling the shots, right? It's yeah. the moneyed interest there. Yeah, it's, and, it's uh, a it's shame. It's much more risky. It's, it's one of the shames of uh, America. There's been so many changes over, you know, my last half of my lifetime that it's just, um, it's it's more violent. It's more uh, disagreeable. Uh, like, you, we used to all be Americans, and now right. it's like, oh, there's the good Americans, and then there's our uh, enemy. The bad Amer- yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate. And, and uh, it's, I agree with you. It's, it's really refreshing to be here and be away from that. And everybody, I mean, we just had a horrific fire this week. Yes. Um, I saw town, all the townies were down there. Uh, the Mexicans were cleaning up the thing. There were at incredible. least 100 people there. Yeah, wow. and the effort to... Uh, really tally all of the workers and track their families and make sure that they're provided resources, food, and, and you know, they're working with all the owners to kind of identify who these people are. And yeah, there had to be over 100 workers in I think was, uh, the number I saw was about 150. I between, wouldn't doubt it. I think yeah. there were about five to seven businesses that were completely destroyed yeah. um, in this fire that happened this week. So. Uh, and then, you know, we certainly saw, uh, you were here, I think most of the COVID period and, and really nobody got checks, um, no. from the government. It was all no. really the community effort that yes. pitched in to try to help the folks that, uh, so many that rely on tourism and, and were literally starving, um, and, and trying to keep them afloat during this period. Yeah. The whole town was pretty barren, uh, about six months, um, there was no movement on the streets. There was people sat at home. Yeah, we lost our last guest on March 20th, and we didn't have anybody come back until October. Yeah. So it was, yeah, over yeah. six months yeah. um, before we had the return of any guests. And even then, it was quite sporadic. Yeah. You know, there wasn't, uh, there weren't too many folks until probably... Uh, well, I think, I think there'll be quite a turnaround. We have had a lot of building going on. They even oh stopped gosh. the builders. They yes, that's right. The builders. Yeah, because we were supposed to start the beginning of July. And uh, actually, as it turns out, our builder ended up getting COVID. We were oh, the, no. supposed to start the beginning of July. And it was like about the third week of July before he finally got in touch with us. And he had lost, I don't know, 25 pounds or something. We're like, Tony, what? And he said, oh, I had COVID. And he was this kind is of a Tony big guy. Garrido. This yeah. is Tony Garrido May. Yeah, yeah. He's my builder, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And it was like, oh, my gosh, Tony. That was... Yeah, he um, said he had it bad. He did. He did. Yeah. He was down for a while. So, uh, yeah, we lost um, a few people uh, on the island. Ruben, obviously. And yeah. a few other... Miguel. Well, yeah. We've, we've, uh, we've had some uh, rough year with a lot of people, a lot of friends passed um, from... A couple from COVID and a couple from other, uh, other things. And oh Carlos. my gosh. Yeah. So um, returning back to the, the idea. So you're, are you thinking about moving down here full time or, or you, well, what's holding I you think, back? Well, the summer times can be a little intense. Okay. And if you work outside or you work carpentry, it is very difficult to work a hard labor job in the sun now these guys do it here oh they do i don't know how i don't either (laughs) they would wear black t-shirts and long jeans and i can't figure out why but uh i'm here in a a white t-shirt and shorts and flip-flops and just sweating like terrible so um i like to go to the u.s and i may figure out a way to uh, and you still have a house there I do not. I sold oh, my oh, I okay. sold my house this last summer. Okay. 
Um, I uh, had a 1872 Victorian. Oh, it was so nice. Man. And uh, the I, I finished it and sold it. Okay. And um, the people that moved in were like, holy cow, this looks better than when we offered on the house. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm making sure that it doesn't oh, fall down around oh, you. Oh, that's nice. And uh, I told, also told them I didn't trust that they were good painters. <laughs> It sounds so like I a beauty. To, uh, I hope you have a picture of it on your Facebook account. I, I'll, I'll I do grab have, it and, and I do have it some. I do have some good <laughs> uh, some good photos of that. That um, had the my father would call it gingerbread. You know, oh the, yeah, uh, the, all the trim, beautiful trim around the house, and the interior was nicer than the exterior. I think the exterior was updated a little bit and lost some gingerbread, but the interior had all the old some oh, old parts nice. to it. And I'm a designer. I do. Um, kitchens and bathrooms and uh, usually do it so that th they have some antique feel to them sure. and, and, and blend with the house. Of course, a Sub-Zero is not going to go into it for, uh, an old-fashioned house, but um, you make it seem like it's that date, even though it's, you know, just a modern kitchen rather sure. than the old-fashioned. So what'd you do with all your stuff? I, that's one of the things I'm going back tomorrow. I have a house full of furniture and stuff. Storage. In storage and tools. I also have a van, work van, that I have no idea what to do with. I would love to have a rental just half a year in the U.S., but that's no. virtually impossible to do. Yeah. Nobody wants to give a six-month rental to anyone. Yeah, so. unless you can find uh, one thing that uh, so, I don't know if you know, uh, you probably do because they, they live right here, Reggie and uh, Therese. Yes. They So uh, I think it's the how something has changed in the circumstances, but they used to go back to Minnesota every year and stay at their family's house in Minneapolis, actually St. Paul, uh -huh. because they owned a lake home Oh, nice. up north. Uh -huh. And so their house would actually be empty in the summertime. So they had a, quite a so deal. They, they could had, trade off. Yeah, exactly. So they basically house sat for yeah. oh, this family nice. member nice. while they were up at their lake cabin. So unless you could yeah. find a circumstance like that where yeah, somebody had great. a second home and they were spending yeah. their summers at their, their well, second lake home, that might be a good good trick. Yeah, I've kind of uh, I'm not soured on Philadelphia. I've just lived it. You know, I've already... Kind of over it. it. Yeah, You're I'm over kind it. of over it. And I do have plenty of friends there. And I had some clients there that I would work for. And they are, they're all in their final homes. They all said, okay, we're retiring. We're not doing any more work. And I say, okay, well, I'll help you when, when you need something fixed. Sure. But uh, I, I have no client base in Philadelphia. So it's, it's like, why even be there? So I want to go to somewhere new. And I'm not really sure where or why. Maybe but, a condo where you could just lock it up and yeah, leave and come down. But I would like to, uh, I would like to keep doing some of the um, antique. I would do the uh, restoration carpentry. Yeah, nice. I think that'd be a great niche. Uh, when I was younger, I used to do just front doors. Oh. And people would have front doors, and I would slip a card in the mail slot. I don't even think it's allowed, but it said, um, you, "You want me to fix your front door?" Basically. <laughs> And they, I'd get a call, oh, 
50% of the time I'd get a call. Wow. It's just crazy Great marketing numbers. strategy. But you could obviously see when the door is old or needing help. Yeah. Needing help. And I would get a call just consistently. It was great. <laughs> a genius. Yeah. But I did that in Charleston, South Carolina, which is a historic town. And there's historic towns all over the U.S. So I, that's where I want to go. And Think about um, yeah, going someplace like I'm, that. So I, I'm going soon. Um, this week I'm going back and jumping in my truck and uh, just moving around a little bit. Now, I don't know how long I'll be gone, maybe a week or two. And then back to here because I got to finish up the, the interior of the ship. Yeah. Yeah. So. Then you think you'll probably head head out when the summertime hits. Yeah. For a little while. Yeah. 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 I'll do it again. Um, hopefully, uh, the rental market will start pumping in to Isla this summer, even though summertime is typically not a, a, a rental high rental season. Um, there well, is I think a lot this of year it is. Demand. We are booked up for June and July and uh, did get an initial inquiry for August. But, yeah. you know, the saving grace for us here is whale shark season, yes. of course. Yeah. And, yeah, the the revenge travel, they call it. Or yeah. what did I hear? It was um, uh, vacationation or something. Something It was uh, like it was know. it was yeah. the, the like the vaccination. They put vacation and vaccination oh, together. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pronounce it right, but yeah, I thought that was cute. Yeah. Yeah. Vacationation, something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they want to get out and I, I feel it. I'm like, I want to get out of here too. We live in paradise. It's beautiful. But even that gets old after a while. You just want a change of scenery. Yes. You know, I'm excited. I'm going to a conference in Orlando in September. Like, woohoo. Right. <laughs> I, I'm not rock. a particular big yeah. fan of uh, Orlando well, and September yeah. is not the greatest time, but I'm like really excited to go somewhere. Yeah. Well, one thing about, uh, <laughs> It, it is so hot and humid in many parts of USA. True. It's, it's no, no it's more hot better. and humid here. Yeah. It, I will say the sun is so intense, intense. though. Yes. Um, it's almost as if the temperature is exactly the same. Yes. But the sun beating down on you, that's why but we But you have know, a, I mean, that's why we moved here because we, we spent the month of August here when we built our pool. We came yeah. down during that construction project yeah. and we realized it was cooler here yep. than in Florida. Yes. In the yes. month of August, because you could always go hang out at North Beach under a palm tree right. and have those sea breezes. And, and then you go water. in the water, and the mm -hmm. water temperature was cooler than yeah. the Gulf, which gets to be pretty nasty yeah. in the summertime. Water, yeah. And, you know, they have algae blooms and, you know, yeah. red tides and, you know, yeah. bacteria and all that kind of stuff because of the, the temperature. So uh -huh. that was kind of actually why we decided to go ahead and move here because it's like, well, this is yeah. better than, than Florida in the summertime. So. A lot of people um, still do come here, but yes. um, but again, the whale sharks are kind of the big draw. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I'm pretty sure we're you're right about that. We're going to not have the, our low season this year, and hopefully that will help a lot of the the townies who have suffered with some Ugh. income problems. Yeah, um, everybody had to tighten their belt, and it was not easy. Yeah, and it's it's really nice to see. You know, we live close to downtown, so really seeing the the return of tourism and um, people mm -hmm. starting to uh, to get back to some semblance of normalcy. So, yeah. well, one of the things that when I built the ship, I was kind of happy that no one was really around or had less uh, tourism. 
because when they come back and see this thing, <laughs> they're going to go, where did that come from? Right, right. All sudden, washed whoo. up on the rocks up there. <laughs> that's what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time, like I said, especially since you're leaving tomorrow. Is there anything I haven't asked you about that, that you'd um, like to, to no, I, close I'm, with? Or? Okay. I'm pretty good. Uh, just to remember that the name of the house is Puerta Al Cielo. I got a new logo from a friend of mine from college, did a great logo. And it's of a tall ship with masts and sails, but uh, my, my ship doesn't have any masts oh, or sails. Yeah, well, that's okay. You, you don't have to worry the, about the lightning. Just the hull. <laughs> it's just the hull. Well, if you have a link um, for your vacation rental, I'd be happy to put that in the show notes too, so uh, people I can will. check that out and look at the pictures. And I will do it very soon. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit behind on the, the promotionals, Okay. but uh, they're coming, so... <laughs> They will be ready for uh, this. Well, you need the fall. photos, anyways, really. So yeah, get, uh, I have had a, the entire project has been photographed, and oh, uh, awesome. we had um, record uh, of it. We also had uh, a lot of drone flights. Uh, Jim Guy is yes. a, a local uh, drone, drone photographer, guy, yep. and uh, Sean Mezzo is a local photographer, and he has worked with me on documenting this whole thing oh fantastic yeah yeah, so it, it yeah is, sean's uh, great he, yeah. he did all our photos for our place and, and is a magician when it comes to <laughs> camera for yes real estate especially but thanks for coming over and uh we'll have you over for the uh breaking of the champagne bottle on can't the hall. wait <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right thank you so much is it time to go Are you starved for adventure and new experiences? Do you feel like you're slowly dying inside, just a little, day by day? Afraid of having to work forever, with never enough money to retire, or live the life you have always imagined? Life doesn't have to be that way. Instead, imagine waking up in paradise every day saying, pinch me, is this real? Join me for How to Retire Overseas on a Shoestring Budget. In this free live workshop, you'll walk away with your own custom roadmap to a dream life in paradise without breaking the bank. Register for our next free workshop at paradiseroadmap.com.